outstanding, neato, super duper. Things you love to see. Oh my goodness. Oh. I seem to vaguely remember now that the last time my headphones worked too, so. That said, I did uh, uninstall and reinstall Discord just in case. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we are working. Good times. I love to hear that. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, amazing. I'm mostly excited because I now can ignore the fact that Liverpool's having a horrible season. Throw all my support behind the Premier League as they go after the big bad news. <laughs> That's the trophy that really matters here. Damn right. Liverpool, what? At this point, as long as we don't get relegated, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh, well, we will be talking about uh, Wes's newest competition he's interested in as we head into episode 450 of the A Foreign Affair podcast. That's right. Folks, I am Edward Green. Joined as always by McCullen Crime, West Bradshaw. Uh, so we're going to be breaking down a little bit, kind of, uh, all the matches from this past weekend in the Premier League. I'll be doing a quick catch-up on the FA Cup now that all the replays are done as we head into the fifth round proper. We'll also do a quick preview of the Champions League, which is back next week. Uh, the God. first set, yeah, thank God. The first uh, set of, uh, yeah, the first set of round of sixteen matches will be taking place next week, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll of course hit the news and notes, <laughs> very juicy stories, and uh, uh, pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and call it a pod. So let's waste no more time and talk about what we saw over the past week. Uh, we'll start with today's match, which saw Leeds. Get their new manager bounce after poor Jesse Marsh was sacked. Oh, it was a travesty, kind of, sort of, a little bit. He'll make a great USMNT manager. But Leeds came out with a big 2-0 lead uh, through the first hour of play. But then Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho scored two quick goals in succession to get United a very valuable point as they continue to try to march up the table and potentially challenge for a top two spot. Uh, elsewhere on the weekend, uh, this was Friday's match. Chelsea and Fulham played to a nil-nil draw, which isn't as shocking as you think anymore, considering these teams are, well, about the same level. Uh, what was actually a shock was James Tarkowski's 60th minute header that put Everton ahead of Arsenal for good. One nil the final there. Oh, oh it's Sean Dyche's world. And we're just living in it now, I guess, uh, as Everton gets a big three points to stay out of the relegation or to stay in line with the relegation scrap that they're in. Arsenal miss a little bit of a chance to pull even further out in front of their other Premier League foes. Uh, Leicester City of 4-2 winners over Villa. Uh, a pair of goals traded back and forth early on. Fortise had a goal just at the end of the half. And then as Priat with the, uh, the late, late goal, uh, to seal things off at 4-2. Uh, Brentford, tidy 3-0 winners over Southampton, who look more and more like they're going to be one of the teams to go down. Ben Mee's header and Brandon Wembo's first half goals. Uh, the big difference is there. Uh, Brighton and Hove continue their very strong season with a 1-0 home victory over Bournemouth. Karu Matoma's late header was the difference there as they were able to score one late on and beat the Cherries. Uh, United were able to hang on against Crystal Palace 2-1. Uh, 
um, after going up too early, a 2-0 through uh, a Bruno Fernandez penalty, as well as Marcus Rashford's goal in the 62nd minute. Um, but Casemiro with just a dumb, dumb straight red. Just dumb. Just, just dumb. very dumb. Very dumb. Very dumb. Uh, gave Palace a brief hope of life. Uh, six minutes later, Jeffrey Schlupp was able to bring the score to 2-1, but Palace not able to get the equalizer they needed, and United hung on for the win. Uh, Wolves beat Liverpool 3-0. I will keep moving forward for Wes's sake. Um, Newcastle and West Ham drew 1-1. Joseph Willock thought he'd scored like in the opening seconds, but VAR ruled it out. Callum Wilson followed, though, just about a minute later for the first goal in the match for Newcastle, but Somewhat surprisingly, West Ham was able to fight back half an hour in Lucas Paqueta with the goal in the uh, able to level things up for West Ham. And they were able to play to the nil-nil draw. And I mean, truly, that is that is maybe the little bit difficult part for Newcastle. If you do score on them, it's not like they're probably going to score multiple goals on you. So one goal might at least be enough to get a draw against them. Um Elsewhere, Nottingham Forest also beat Leeds 1-0. This was the match that ended Jesse Marsh's reign. Uh, Brennan Johnson's 1-0 goal. The, the difference there for Forest as they got a big goal to try and get out of a relegation scrap. And Tottenham Hotspur. Truly, this time, for realsies, you guys, this yes. is the new dawn. They, yes. beat, they beat Manchester City. And I, I swear to God, if it wasn't for that half... The second half they played three weeks ago. This is this is what Tottenham does to City. They beat them mm-hmm. a lot. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense, but they can do it. Um, this five is, uh, times, five times City have played at the yet to be named mm-hmm. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mm-hmm. Have not won. I, I and that was just what I was about to say. That is oh, that has got to be the look at us thinking together. Oh man, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, five trips for Pep to to as, as Wes mentioned, not yet named Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and yet no point. Just, just very crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, but Tottenham, uh, I will also say, and as this was the last match of the week, um, aside from the United Leeds match, which we'd already talked about, um, just to start here real quick, the thing that impressed me about this one was this wasn't. Uh, I feel like some of the times, like I would think back to like when Josie beat uh, City at home when he was coaching Tottenham, and some of the other wins have been more. All right, we get ahead, and then we just kind mm-hmm. of pray we hold on. Mm-hmm. This felt like a very dominant Spurs performance, even if it wasn't like necessarily in terms of possession. Um, which I'm, if I can pull it up uh, real quick here, uh, City still had almost two thirds possession but very little dangerous possession, I thought. Um, Sky Sports uh, did a little bit of a troll job on Twitter, putting up uh, early Nalan shot shot Mm -hmm. chart from inside the 18-yard box, which um, was zero shots from inside the Mm 18-yard box. Um, And I don't know, just a very... It seemed like one of the most assured Tottenham Hotspur defensive and even pressing uh, displays in a very long time. And I know you texted me, um, you know, Cutie uh, Romero picking up the, the second yellow late on. Um, a bit of a silly challenge, um, but I also thought it was very telling that the, the home fans 
uh, gave him a standing ovation. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. they were all pretty much already standing, but it, truly an ovation <laughs> as he was going off the pitch um, in, in recognition of the overall body of work he'd done that day. Yes, both of his cards were maybe a little bit silly uh, when, when he picked them up, um, but overall, just a great defensive effort from him and the rest of the team. And I saw somebody put this online. Um, that first challenge when he got booked, he, he went a little hard into Halan. And mm -hmm. uh, you could kind of see after that challenge, just every time on was receiving the ball, there'd be like that fraction of a second where you'd have to think, oh, shit, where's Romero? Is, <laughs> is he about to like hip check me again here? What what's what's about to happen? And it seemed like that put him off his game just enough where he wasn't able to be maybe as dangerous as he's been in a lot of his other matches in the Premier League. Um I, again, I think a great defensive performance from City, a or sorry, from Spurs, a great performance overall. Youngman's son looking rejuvenated, even though he wasn't able to score in this match. Harry Kane, of course, becoming Tottenham's all-time leading scorer, now passing, uh, passing Jimmy Greaves uh, to hit 267. Um, just a remarkable achievement for him. Uh, love that both he and Spurs social media are really now leaning into the one-season wonder meme that Wes and I have been doing for years now. I think this um, is like the ninth season now that we've been doing the one-year wonder. Yes. Still happening. It's one of these years, he won't be a one-year wonder anymore. Crazy. I'm coming up on a decade of being a one-year wonder. <laughs> um, but truly, a, a really, really solid performance that I think everybody felt really good about. Now, the the only thing for Tottenham is how do they take this going forward? That will be <laughs> the big question, as it always has been over the last five to six years, it seems. But this was a very good performance. So, Wes, I would love to get uh, any of your thoughts on this match and anything else uh, you picked up on over the course of the weekend. Well, you mentioned the new manager bounce. Do we count it for Spurs having a new manager bounce? <laughs> yeah, get, get well soon, Antonio. Yeah, yeah, get well soon. Can't wait to get him back. Nah, uh, of course, hell, Conte's beating them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Everybody's beating them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It, it, it's sometimes, yeah, we've talked about it. Some Sometimes you just have bad juju in places. Mm -hmm. And I think we've, we've kind of chalked it up to that in the past for Spurs and City. But man, this time I think Spurs just came out with a great game plan, and they they just they did it. Mm -hmm. They did what they wanted to do. They they put themselves on the front foot, uh, which isn't always what we see from Spurs. Mm -hmm. um, but they went out and they executed. And even with uh, Sanchez getting the um, the the two yellows and the red, which were God very silly, very silly. Uh, they were able to withstand it at the end. Um, you know, playing with 10, you'd rather play with 10 in a lead because then you can just sit back and absorb, absorb, absorb. And the thing is, Spurs are adept at doing that. So for them, it's like, well, all right, let's do what we do. But, man, they got the job done. Um, Manchester City. Now, obviously, they've got some bigger problems potentially brewing than a loss to Spurs. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that later. There is something about this team. I talked about it early in the season, and at first I was made to look foolish as Erling Holland was just lashing in goal after goal after goal. And it's not like he's really stopped doing that. 
True. This team is not, they are not the same team since Hollins came on. Mm-hmm. I can't put all that on Erling Holland by any means. Um, Erling Holland's a phenomenal player, one of the best players in the world. But man, there's something going on at City. Uh, I was listening to something today, and they said, you know, for whatever reason, Pep just won't play. Pep's like just not playing his best players. Yeah, it's like it's like he's De Bruyne starting. Yeah, uh, De Bruyne not starting. Nah, yeah, Bruno Diaz was like the freaking Premier League player of the year a couple seasons ago. He's not starting. He's healthy and not starting because we have said this many, many times over the years about Pep Guardiola. Mm -hmm. Usually it deals with the Champions League when it happens. Pep Guardiola may be the smartest guy in the room. He just may be. And by God, he likes to let you know it sometimes, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And when he does that, sometimes it works spectacularly and sometimes it spectacularly blows up in his face. Ed, I'm not a Premier League manager. My soccer managerial experience um, goes to the three- and four-year-old pirates of the Rocky Mount um, Youth Soccer Association like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. But you know... I bet if you put me in charge of Manchester City tomorrow, just for one day, I could get one thing right. And that would be, I have Kevin De Bruyne, and he's going to play. It's not an overly tough equation. (laughs) And Pep comes out, well, De Bruyne didn't really fit into the system we're playing. That means you're playing the wrong system. Yeah. Uh Because the right system is whichever system has Kevin De Bruyne in it. <laughs> hey, if you can't get him in the right system, good God, please send him to Liverpool. We'll find something to do with him. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we'll find something to do with him. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's pro- there's a problem. He's, 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 he's just doing some really weird shit this season. And that squad, Arsenal, basically, I mean, Arsenal gave him an opening this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, we'll talk about that in a second. Good guy, how the fuck do you lose to Everton? But um you say it, that, of all but things, you also know what's happening in like five days, right? You shut your horn off at green. No, oh, I don't need that I don't need that kind of uh fat in my life right now, okay. there. Uh damn it. Um but they were basically given an opening over the weekend to make a move and they didn't. He just didn't. And that's not the city that we're accustomed to seeing. Um, I wonder, there's a, listen, man, there's a lot brewing around there. You had to, you, you've got to assume that some people inside the club knew what was coming down this week. I wonder if that's weighing, cause you, you know, Pep's in on that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was weighing on him a little bit. There's just, there is something not quite right at city. Um, that said, what's never right for City is a trip to the unnamed Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So I, I am certainly not saying that that's what led to Spurs getting a victory this weekend. Mm-hmm. No, Spurs just own their ass in North London. That's all it is. Spurs just own them up there. Um, but they went out and whooped their ass. And for Spurs, it's a big win as they're pushing for that top four. Uh, and for City, a a really, I'm not going to say a crushing defeat to their title opportunities, but that is a big, big missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so uh, come on, you Spurs. <laughs> and Harry Kane, he's good. He's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I guess looking else around, Kyle, let's talk about Arsenal Everton real quick. Just bizarre. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell? I mean, good for Everton, I guess, winning their first match in like what three years, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the the weight of fat Frank Lampard is off of them. <laughs> And uh, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Everton—it's not like they're—they're they're not going to come out and play you off the park. But that is kind of one of those old Everton-style matches where they were—they were tough as nails, and they fought the whole time, and they—they they were very sto- very solid, very strong at the back, and they took a chance. They took like one of the few chances in the matches they in the match they had. Mm-hmm. And for whatever, it, it was not Arsenal's day. Um, Arsenal were unable to get anything in the back of the net. And Everton, Everton at the moment got them out of the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool being the, the horrible neighbors they are, you know, put them back in the relegation zone later. But um yeah, but Everton getting a big win and once again maybe a dodge bullet for Arsenal because uh, of the city result. Um, so yeah, big big one there. Uh, as I said, Liverpool, you know, doing their job in making sure that Everton stays in that relegation zone. Mm-hmm. They look, they're like, oh shit, here come Everton out of the zone. Psh, nah, we need to get Wolves back out of the relegation zone. <laughs> So they go out, uh, give Wolves a 3-0 win. Mm-hmm. Make sure Wolves reestablish themselves <laughs> out of the zone. Push Everton back in the zone. If, if you ask me, that's a win on the weekend for Liverpool at this point. That's a win. There you go. That's a win. I have just turned this into a positive. Um, as far as Liverpool themselves, I'm, I'm kind of like Jurgen Klopp at this point. I don't really have an answer for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Klopp very unhappy in the post game press in the post match press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he doesn't have an answer right now. I don't have an answer right now. Hopefully, the return of Diogo Jota and then Luis Diaz will provide some sort of a spark. All I can say is right now, uh, of course, Liverpool have built they built the Klopp reign on their their ability to press the ball. And right now, they can't press. Mm-hmm. When they press, it does not work, and it burns their asses. Um, Gakpo has come in, has not really hit the ground running, scoring by any means. He's he's done some good things, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Gakpo don't know how to press, and you're asking them to press. Um, that is going to be – so I, I think right now the Cody Gakpo signing – uh, not a bad sign. I still think he's he. I still think he could come good for Liverpool, but I think when Jota and then Diaz get back, you're going to see a lot less of Cody Gakpo this season mm-hmm. because that's one who seriously needs to be on the training ground with Jurgen Klopp for an off season. And it's like, look, bud, we've got some shit to teach you. Okay, so hopefully that'll be a help. Um, uh, anything's got to be helped right now. Mo Salah looks a shell of the player he's been. Um, 
Darwin Nunez is still creating chaos, but he's they're, they're not getting the goals off of it right now. The midfield is a shambles. The back line without Van Dyke is a shambles. <sighs> it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a rough season on Merseyside. And, uh, Ed, as I told you, I've given up on the title race. Right now, Liverpool, no, with a match in hand, granted. Mm-hmm. Liverpool sit the same amount of points out of fourth place as they do out of the relegation zone. Yep. 11 in 10th place, Liverpool is absolutely mediocrely mid-table. And it is, it is. And when you think about it, this was a squad that, you know, my God, you remember how this season started? They go and they just kick the shit out of city in the, uh, the community shield, mm-hmm. the community shield for what it's worth. It's what it is, but it was like, shit, this could be a big year. And then all of a sudden, literally the season started and it's like, well, no, <laughs> forget that idea. This is going to be a horrible year, and it has been a horrible year from the get. And I don't, I, I don't see signs of it changing too much. I have seen some, I've seen some Liverpool fans saying, "Look, get the eleven points that we need to guarantee safety." <laughs> And then play the kids. And then bench everyone and play the kids. All right, shut the hell up. That's dumb. But at the same time, I'm kind of sitting here like, well, <laughs> you know, you, you could, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the four three three is not working. Problem is the four two three one didn't really work earlier. <laughs> the diamond hasn't worked. Oh, man, I don't know. I think we need to go four four two. Play old style English football, give them their licks, play long balls, play strong defense, be strong in tackle. Oh, man, have a pie at the half. By God, that's Big Sam's music. Oh God, I think I think I think, uh, think Klopp needs to bring Big Sam in as a uh, as a as Nick Saban calls him as an analyst. Oh, Jürgen, your problem is you're not tackling enough. (laughs) Jürgen, your problem is you fit too well into them track pants. (laughs) And they're not even stretchy. (laughs) A manager's supposed to have a pie belly. Oh, man. But anyway, I'm sad no one to talk about Liverpool anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's fine. I it's thank you. It, it's it's something that just beggars belief. What has happened to this team? I mean, there there's obviously theories. You know, they just they got old. They needed to have a refresh. You could, and I know this has been mentioned. You could point to the schedule last year and them playing mm-hmm. literally every match they could. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of reasons, but it just it's uh, all these conflating flat factors look like they have finally taking their toll on the squad but they will be going again this week as we head into uh round 23 of the premier league week um this uh saturday action starts off at 7 30 a.m with west ham versus chelsea all of a sudden a very important london derby for both these clubs 
Um, following that up at 10 a.m., you have the choice of Arsenal versus Brentford, uh, Palace versus Brighton and Hove, Fulham versus Forest, Leicester versus Tottenham, which is always usually fun, and Southampton versus Wolves. At 12.30, you get Bournemouth hosting Newcastle. On Sunday at 9 a.m., it's Leeds versus United. Again, I, I guess we're just going to do that right again now. And then uh, at 11.30, the other Manchester team, City, will be hosting Aston Villa. And then on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, it will be a Merseyside Derby as Everton and Liverpool square off. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Thank you. That's what I needed from you. <laughs> um, as we look at the table, uh, Arsenal still on top with five points and a match in hand over City. And again, as Wes mentioned earlier, how big that could have been of a win for City. They could be two points back, but instead find themselves three points, or sorry, five points back now. Um, and again, without a match in hand. Uh, United right now in third place. Newcastle still in fourth. Uh, Tottenham knocking on the door just one point out of a Champions League spot in fifth. Then followed up by Brighton and Hove and Brentford in sixth and seventh. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. It is West Ham and Leeds who sit just outside of it both on 19 points. Everton right there at 18 points. Bournemouth with 17. Southampton with 15. Um, still very, 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 very tight down there at the bottom of the table. Um, you know, Wolves only on 20 points. Uh, Leicester only on 21. Um, a lot of things still to play for as we head into the uh, back third, sort of. Uh, or sorry, still back half of the season. A quick update on the FA Cup. Uh, the replays have commenced and finished. Uh, Blackburn beat Birmingham City 1-0 and added extra time. Uh, Fulham beats Sunderland 3-2 to get the victory there. Uh, Burnley defeated Ipswich Town 2-1. Grimsby Town 3-0 Luton Town. And Grimsby Town will be flying the League 2 banner into the next, uh, next round. Uh, Fleetwood Town beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0. And unfortunately for... Um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Wrexham falls 3-1 to Sheffield United. Um, two very, very late stoppage time goals sealed the deal for Sheffield United in this one uh, after uh, Wrexham missed a penalty that would have taken it to 2-1. Um, so unfortunately, not able to uh, get the victory there, but still a very good performance by that club. Um, that sets up the official ties here. The final uh, eight matches here in the next round. Uh, it will be Stoke versus Brighton, Leicester versus Blackburn, Fulham versus Leeds, Bristol hosting Manchester City, Southampton versus League Two side, and the lowest remaining team left, Grimsby Town. Um, the only other non-team below the championship will be Fleetwood Town. They're heading to Burnley. Manchester United plays West Ham, and then Sheffield United hosts Tottenham. Um, so maybe maybe a little bit more of an open FA Cup uh, last last little bit here then. Than usual. Um, and then as we head into the Champions League next week, four matches to start the round of 16, then four more matches the week after. Next Tuesday, it's AZ Milan versus Tottenham Hotspur, as well as PSG versus Bayern Munich. Then on Wednesday, it will be Bruges versus Benfica, along with Dortmund and Chelsea. The other eight teams will start their first legs next week. Um, we've been over this a couple times, Wes, but you know, still big. Big matches that first week and including that first day with, you know, AC Milan and Tottenham being the undercard to PSG and Bayern Munich. That's that's two amazing matchups. 
uh, right there to, to kick off the round of 16 of the Champions League. Definitely is, man. Um, it, God, it just it seems like it was so damn long ago the last time we saw the Champions really League. Um, and of course, it's because, you know, the, the way it set up this year with the World Cup, they ended it. They ended, I mean, like the beginning of November. Yeah. So, like, none of these teams are really what they were then. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of wild. Um, so coming up, Valentine's Day kicks it off, and man, what is there not to love about that end? Look how I worked that in. Wasn't that nice? Very nice. Like you say, you'll have uh, you'll have your eyes glued to the television as uh, Tottenham Hotspur take on uh, AC Milan. Milan coming in, they are not in a good run of form right now. Uh, they sit sixth in the Serie A. Now, level on points for fifth with Atalanta. They're one out of fourth place. Um, but coming in, they've lost four of their last five, and that fifth was a draw. Mm-hmm. So awesome. they are not – that's right. That's right. Not in good form right now for Milan. Uh, Tottenham coming in, they've been playing some – some pretty darn good football, as we said, as we went into a little more extensively earlier, the win over Manchester City. So, uh, Tottenham going in with some momentum. Now, a nice win this weekend would definitely keep Tottenham in that momentum. And then, uh, what, what really is the glamour tie of the round of 16 mm-hmm. uh, PSG and Bayern Munich. This is always where it gets really interesting for Bayern because, once again, we haven't seen Bayern play like a big-time match since November. Mm-hmm. And they have not been at their best uh, since coming back from the World Cup. Uh, when you look at it, they, they've played six matches since coming back. All four of their January matches ended in draws. And they have won their two matches here in the month of February. But they're not in the best of form right now. That said, they've put four past uh, Wolfsburg and Mainz in their last two matches. Um, That match against Mainz was a round of 16 in the Pokal. Um, They take on Bochum this weekend before the PSG match. Uh, Just looking at Bayern. Uh, Only one point... Uh, separates them and second place Union Berlin right now in the uh, in the league. Uh, Dortmund two points back and Leipzig only four points back right now. And even the fifth place team, uh, which is Eintracht Frankfurt, are five back. So maybe the Bundesliga, you know, maybe with uh, Bayern having to pick it up in the Bundesliga, we'll see if that'll help them here in the Champions League, because it, it always seems like, well, they're running away with the Bundesliga and they lose their edge, but now they're having to kind of keep that edge. And they have been challenged, it seems, in the last month. Uh, PSG, on the other hand, uh, they are eight points clear at the top of the table in the um, in, in, in Le Uh They actually, I believe, lost their last match uh, they did. I uh, lost to Marseille in the uh, round of 16 Coupe de France. Um, so they were not out of that. But, I mean, they, they've looked great in the league. But, you know, it's Montpellier. It's Toulouse. 
they they drew rhyme. Um, hey, they beat they beat Cristiano Ronaldo by four though. Yeah, there you go. So let's not forget that they did that. Um, so PSE, this is this is just kind of a battle of those two teams who they usually run away with their league. They're usually not having to be their sharpest when the Champions League gets back in. But this year, maybe Bayern having a little more of an edge because they're in a fight in the Bundesliga. We'll see if that'll help them because I think they do go in as underdogs against this PSG squad. Mm. Yeah, so we're going to be uh, tracking that. That's Again, that is definitely the glamorous eye of the, the round of 16. The following week, uh, we'll see, again, eight more teams join in. Uh, on the Tuesday following, it will be Liverpool with versus Real Madrid, along with uh, Frankfurt versus Napoli, I know. And then mm. on that Wednesday following, it will be Leipzig versus City and uh, Inter versus Porto. Um, so yeah, still, still mm. definitely some good matches to come as well. And of course, then as we get into March, they'll be playing the second legs of these ties as we start to compress the calendar again a little bit more and head on. And of course, then once we hit the round of the quarterfinals, that's when we will do the draw for the rest of the tournament. But for now, oh, man, when you look at it, you go nearly a month between matches here. Yeah. I mean, it'll be March 8th before Tottenham and Milan get that return match. It's like three weeks in between. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, hell Liverpool could totally turn their season around before. <laughs> Before I mean, things happen. I mean, you you kind of joke a little bit, but I remember the year. I mean, there was a lot of stuff, but the year Chelsea won the Champions League. I mean, yeah. they fired Lampard in December that year. They didn't yeah. look super great. And then there they were six months later lifting the trophy. Like things turn around quick sometimes. I'm not saying it's going to happen for Liverpool. I'm just saying. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> and I agree. I mean, really, the hope I have for this Liverpool season is they do have a really good record since Klopp came in the knockout portion of the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. I mean, they've been to three finals in five years. Um, you know, uh, is is this a competition where over two legs they can make something happen? Who knows? I mean, I'm I'm prepared for a round of sixteen exit, mm-hmm. but being a Liverpool fan, just knowing our history in this tournament, there's always kind of just that little bit in the background, like maybe, 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 and you know, <clears throat> I mean the 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 famous 2005 Liverpool Champions League. They finished outside the top four in the Premier League that season and won the Champions League. So there is a precedent for being a shit league team and winning the championship. Once again, you mentioned that Chelsea squad. Man, they were a shit league team that year, and they won the title. So I also wonder, real quick, I, I, I do wonder if maybe this one time it almost helps Liverpool to be the home team in the first leg to maybe like if there's, if there is that hope to get like a really big performance and set the tone of the tie right then and there and get like, like again, again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm just saying if it does, they get the crowd comes out, the team comes out, they're actually playing good football. 
and they pick up a 2-0 win over Real Madrid at Anfield. Now, again, they have to turn around and go to the Bernabeu, you know, about a month right. later. And right. who knows what can happen there. But True. I do wonder if if having that be your first match and trying to build that momentum and maybe build a lead up could be beneficial because it seems like you always want to be have the second leg at home. I, I, I wonder if this is one of the very few scenarios where you're like, no, I think I'd rather I'd rather try to get on a good foot and start better at home. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that. I mean, really, right now, nothing's working. Um, <laughs> and God, it would just it would just drain everything to go to the Bernabeu in the first match and get beat like three one or some shit. And oh, God Almighty, uh, yeah. I mean, they need to come out and have a big performance in that first uh, that first leg, um, get a victory or get something positive out of it. And at least leave yourself a chance. So. Yep. All, all, all you can ask for is a chance in the Champions League. And we will okay. see in the next couple of weeks here what kind of chances these teams give themselves. Well, as we head into news and notes now, Wes, well, I, I had like picked a couple articles. I had said, you know, hey, I got this article from John, uh, John Muller, who um, also saw the article they did on like their their half team of the year so far. And Ooh. I'm pretty sure this dude is just trolling now. Like, I, I don't know how seriously to take this article. Like, he put Kieran Trippier as, like, a right winger in his team of the year. And I'm just, I, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but he had a good article here about, how, uh, you know, early Nalland is phenomenal, so why hasn't he made Man City better? Now, we, we mentioned this earlier. You know, there's plenty of transfer news to talk about, uh, you know, because we weren't able to get up last week together. And that was the end of the transfer window. Big mm -hmm. stuff happening there. But then <laughs> news comes out this week, and I'm pulling from this article from Matt Slater, Dan Sheldon, and more over at The Athletic. Man City Charts <laughs> explained the accusations, possible punishments, and what happens next. So Monday it was announced uh, by the Premier League <laughs> that they had a like 700 page document of more than 100 financial fair play related charges against Manchester city. Um, as well as not just in terms of like, look how much money they were spending, but also just being very uncooperative in different investigations into them. Um, and so the premier league has kind of brought down the hammer on them a little bit. Um, there, there has been no, um, announcement of what will happen to them yet. This is expected to take a very long time to go through the process of doing more investigation mm. to be heard before and uh, a committee and then finally have a judgment ruled along with a punishment if one is warranted, which, as we've heard, could range from anything from a massive fine to a point deduction to a just you're you're out of the Premier League. Get out. Um, this is a crazy, crazy story. Of course, Wes, we were also here three years ago when UEFA hit them with financial fair play and kicked them out of uh, Europe. And then a court of arbitration of sports said, nah, they're fine. They, there's a statute of limitations and you didn't meet it. So, man, I do think, though, with, with that already been the case, I'm pretty sure the Premier League would not have come out with this, especially with one of their flagship teams if they hadn't 
crossed their T's and dotted their I's and they have something with <laughs> real teeth here. I, my, my realism, my cynicism says this will end up being not much, but <laughs> I, 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 I have to believe that the Premier League is going through with this with something this detailed, with this many charges being levied against them. There, there has to be something here. I just, Wes, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up again yet. <laughs> I can't do this again. Um, <clears throat> so, let's start with one of the first things you said. Um, the uh, When... When City came before UEFA a couple of years ago, the thing that saved them was the technicality of the time bar, mm-hmm. where things were outside of, uh, was it called, the statute of limitations, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is no time bar with the Premier League. Yep. That has been established. Um, so really, that's not going to save them this time. This is going all the way back to the 2009-2010 season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what you're looking at are things such as illegal payments, um, how City were able to manipulate the financial fair play with their uh, sponsorships. Um, there, there's a story about, uh, Roberto Mancini, basically like half of his salary being paid off the books. Um, just all kinds of things. Uh, one thing is, uh, there is like a, a bylaw in the premier league books where if the premier league is coming to investigate you, it's like, it's your duty to, um, to like, uh, to assist the Premier League and right. to you know, open up, open up, and you know, be forthcoming and honest about things. And City have apparently, for like the last four years, they have fought them tooth and nail, gone to court. They have fought everything, so that, that's not going to help your case any. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, these are some pretty serious accusations, and they're serious in, in the fact that. And I'm, I guess what I'm about to say kind of comes from a Liverpool viewpoint. But I remember when FSG bought Liverpool, one of the things that really attracted uh, John Henry and FSG was the were the financial fair play uh, rules. Because something even in baseball that the Red Sox have always kind of had a little issue with is the kind of uncapped spending. Now, that said, the Red Sox have done some uncapped spending over the years. It's a great applause. Um, this year, we're spending a lot of money, and we're going to suck. But anyway, so that's a, that's another podcast. Um, so John Henry said they got in based on, well, hey, there's going to be financial fair play. You know, we don't have Qatar money, or we don't have Abu Dhabi money, but, you know, we'll, we'll be able to do some things because it'll be a more even playing ground. Mm-hmm. And basically from day one, it has not been an even playing ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not been an even playing ground for the arsenals of the world, the Liverpools of the world. Um, the, the Chelsea and City, to an extent United, but United is different. 
Mm-hmm. United at least has generated a shit ton of revenue, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chelsea, especially Chelsea and City and your PSGs of the world, they've just got these uber-rich owners who all they've done is they've found ways to funnel their own money into the club. Um, the fact that like a bunch of city sponsorships are basically owned by the same people who own the club. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's like, well, she's like, well, we need 30 million pounds. Hey, Eddie had just, uh, just like wire it over and we'll say it's part of a sponsorship deal. Um, and it, I mean, city has obviously built a, a premier league juggernaut. Um, they are the the team of the last decade in the Premier League. Punishment wise, I'm kind of like you. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little jaded by this shit. I figure it'll be, oh, let's slap them with like a fifty million pound fine. Man, that's like me going to Papa John's and ordering a pizza. Fifty million pounds to the oil money. Man, at the end of the day, that's a slap on the wrist. If they really want to do something to City, there has to be something where they have to suffer some real consequences. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a a point deduction, a big point deduction, and it has to be done in the preseason. Yeah. City has to start at like negative 15 or something, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the only way that's going to hurt. Like somebody was like, oh, they're just going to do a point deduction this season. Well, they weren't going to win the title anyway. First of all, Nothing's going to happen this season. This is probably at least a two-year down the road process. Um, but you know, there's a chance. You were talking about them being expelled from the Premier League. I've seen, I've seen something saying that they could literally be expelled from the Football League. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which could take them all the way down to the fifth or sixth like non-league tier, and they'd have to start down there and like go all the way back up. Mm-hmm. Which would be just simply amazing. But, <laughs> um. I don't expect that to happen because I don't trust anything to ever truly bad happen to city. Right. Um, we'll see, but it, it, it's something, man, there's a lot we talked about earlier. There's a lot of turmoil going on around that club right now. Um, one thing people have talked about is the, uh, it's come out about uh, possibly stripping them of championships. Um, of trophies they've won uh, in the English hierarchy, which you know they haven't they haven't won anything in Europe, so that doesn't matter. Uh, but six league championships, and um, the question is, well, you know, if if they strip the league, this is of course fans of different clubs. Well, if they strip them of the league titles, will those league titles, you know, suddenly be? Will they suddenly go to the other teams? You know, there are Liverpool fans who are saying, oh my God, we're going to have three more Premier League titles. <laughs> well, no. I mean, if if that does happen, there's no way you turn around and like give the titles to somebody else. They just, yeah. it's got to be kind of like the Reggie Bush Heisman. It's just, it's vacated. It. Yep. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, like 15 years later or, or 10 years later, are you going to put Stevie G in his kit and send him up on the stage to <laughs> collect his Premier League medal? Uh, God, man, let's get the band back together. Somebody call Martin Skirtle. <laughs> I need to, I need this. I, now that I say it, I want this in my life because I need Brendan Rodgers' Premier League winning manager. 
That's that's fair. That's fair. Oh, I told you. I told you I was special. None of you believed me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, coming from a Liverpool fan, you know, we kind of grin and grimace with it at the same time because it's like son of a bitch. That could have been like yeah, because Liverpool literally took City to the wire three times. Um. Now, if those are vacated, suddenly Liverpool would technically hold the record for the most points in a Premier League winning season. Because Liverpool have the 99 season, uh, the 99-point season. Um, it, it, it does, for Liverpool fans, it does put into context some of the things that Klopp has been able to accomplish and, and, and has done it without the resources that city obviously have. I mean, you knew it to start with, and now it's like, Oh, well, and the motherfuckers were cheap. <laughs> it's like, not only did you just have more money than everybody, but you were cheating like motherfuckers too. Um, <clears throat> so you'll definitely have some Liverpool fans like up in arms about that, but it, it's crazy where, I mean, those six titles, um, three times Liverpool finished second, three times Manchester United finished second. So, like, the two big rivals are sitting right there, like, and you've literally, like, taken trophies off of City and, or off of United and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought to think about, but no, folks. Steven Gerrard is not getting to lift the Premier League trophy. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. like I said, as fun as that kind of sounds, and that 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 ain't gonna happen. But um, fun, fun to think about. We'll see. I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm of the opinion this is probably gonna end up with a fine. Maybe at the worst, a point deduction at the start of a season. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I sent you the uh, the Pep Guardiola quote from a year ago, where he said when they're uh, to quote Pep Guardiola. When they were accused of something, I asked them, tell me about that. They explained, and I believed them. I said to them, if you lie to me the day after I am not here, I will be out, and I will not be your friend anymore. <laughs> be your friend. I just couldn't live if Pep wasn't my friend. You know, that would hurt me the most. Oh, yeah. Um, but Pep said that. I said to you, I was like, well, let's see if Pep puts his money where his mouth is. Oh, yeah. Man, by the time this shit's done, Pep will already be gone anyway. <laughs> so... Pep gets to live the best of both worlds here anyway. But, you know, whatever. But it, it is a big story, as I was telling my wife earlier, as I was telling her about this. This isn't something like we're going to see a solution in six weeks. It's going to be we're going to get little breadcrumbs for the next two or three years, and then we're going to get this massive, like, bam, here's the, here's the verdict, and here's what we're going to do about it. And at that point, people will either be screaming bloody murder because they didn't do shit about it, or they're going to be like, oh my God, can you believe what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hoping to be in the, oh my God, look what the hell just happened. Proud. It would be nice. Uh, yeah, so, let, so let's see what happens. I mean, that's all we can really do, to be honest. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's... It, it is hard to feel like legitimately excited about this. I'm sure people who are covering this are are excited about this because there again there is a lot of teeth 
to this Premier League document. Like, I, I don't want us to just just because we're jaded doesn't mean there's nothing here. Like, there's right. there definitely is something here. And again, I don't I don't believe that if the Premier League didn't believe they had a good case, they would just willy nilly bring this up against, again, one of their now flagship organizations in their league. Like, they're not going to do that. So mm. I definitely believe there's merit to what the Premier League is bringing to bear here. It's just what's going to be the outcome? How hard will they go into City? And then does it get appealed? And Although I, I don't think uh, Cass can hear an appeal on this. I think I read it's got to be something else that can potentially appeal it. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, just what, what a mess, but also a mess that's not going to resolve itself anytime soon, as you said, Wes. And I, I do right. wonder... Does does that does a cloud kind of then start to form over city like as we go not just over the rest of the season does you know this impact future transfers does city have to kind of not that they ever really have before but kind of keep one eye open when they're making deals do agents do players start kind of looking in like what's 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 the situation here guys you know are we are we coming in and you know in two years into our contract are we going to be playing in league two like. Like what what's mm-hmm. happening here, guys? So I I do think this is gonna be interesting going forward. I think it'd be better for City to go ahead and get this over with as quickly as possible. But I don't know. I don't know, man. This is I I don't want to believe, but damn it, Mulder, I wanna believe. Um so <laughs> there you go. Um Real quick, uh, with with the transfers again, with the transfer window closing last week, uh, again there were some big ones towards the end here. Uh, Andre Au coming back to the Premier League, joining Nottingham Forest from uh, out of uh, Qatar, I believe. Yep, Qatar. Uh, Axel Twanzibi leaving United for Stoke on loan. Uh, Chelsea just continued to splash the cash. They brought in Enzo Fernandez from Benfica for. A cool 120 million euros. So that's oh, that pisses nice. me off. I want I wanted Enzo Fernandez bad. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, United gets uh, Marcel Sabitzer on loan from uh, Bayern. So that was that was a big get for them. That was that was a very important need for them. All of a sudden, um, Voldemort is leaving Newcastle and heading to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Spurs mm-hmm. eventually at 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 the death. <laughs> Got Pedro Poro from Sporting. <laughs> that was, oh man, that was that was a thing. Uh, Chelsea pick, or sorry, Chelsea shipped out Jorginho uh, over to, to Arsenal for eleven million pounds, or sorry, eleven million euros. Uh, Kaylor Navas actually leaving PSG on loan. He's coming over to Nottingham Forest. Um, so credit to Forest, they're definitely still bringing in people. That's what they did in the summer, and mm-hmm. damn it, that's what they're gonna keep doing here. Um, any- and then at the moment for Forrest, it's working out. I mean, they're they're out of the relegation zone. They've even got a few points in between them and the relegation zone. So, uh, you know, for somebody like uh, Forrest, it is it is all about finding a way to stay up. They've got a at the moment they've got a six point cushion. Yeah, um, and you're just looking at a few other ones here, real quick. Uh, João Cancelo leaving City for Bayern Munich on a loan. God, that's Mike a weird Hill, one. Yeah, uh, leaving Spurs for Sevilla on loan. 
and uh, Weston McKinney just trying to make the American dream happen. He was heading to Leeds on loan um, and unfortunately got to play be there like one game under uh, Jesse. Um, so again, Wes, you mentioned the Cancelo deal. Very weird one. Uh, I, any comments on that one or any other of the, the transfer dealings at the end here that that caught your attention? The Cancelo one is it's just kind of a continuance of kind of some head scratchy moves going on at City right now. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. It's weird, you know. Cancelo is like the epitome of how they want to play with that fullback. They they can't do the same thing without him. Like that that match against Spurs, you know who they really could have used? Cal Cancelo. Yeah. And instead, they sent him off to basically an, another Champions League, you know, rival. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Something, something, just something weird going on in the city right now. Um, Enzo Fernandez. I'm going to tell you, man, Benfica. Good God. They have just funded the entire program for like a couple of years <laughs> yeah. based on selling over now. They've had for like a year, if that. They haven't even had him for an entire season. And I think they paid something like eight and a half million for him and turned around and sold him for like a hundred plus. And they made more than a hundred million pound profit off of that. Mm. And uh, just good for them. I mean, I think he's a really good player. I, like I said, I really want him at Liverpool. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens at Chelsea. Now the problem is going to Chelsea is guys just seem to disappear there from time to time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I think he's a hell of a talent though, and I think Chelsea have a Chelsea have a chance have a good chance there. See something happens. Um, other than that, I mean, it was a. Uh, it was a, uh, it was, it was another big transfer window with, you know, teams throwing money around. Once again, none, none more than Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. None more than Chelsea. But uh, yeah, good times, man. Here we go. Now the, now the run in. Yeah. And, um, I do kind of wonder mentioning Chelsea. I do kind of wonder if, uh, if Todd Bowley is casting a bit of an eye over there at, at, at the Premier League is. Is doing a city right now. It's gonna be like, hmm. oh Todd, mm. <laughs> oh Todd, I've made a terrible mistake. Todd Bowley's just terrible. I want I I now I want uh, Will Arnett to play Todd Bowley in the uh, the, the forthcoming documentary about about this Chelsea side. Oh man. If only, yeah. If only. I think I saw something that Chelsea Chelsea spent nearly as much has spent nearly as much since Todd Bowley came in. Chelsea has spent nearly as much on transfers as Liverpool have since Klopp's been there. I mean, it's like less than a hundred. Like it's like less than a hundred. Like between it, seven years versus like eight months. Yeah, like uh, versus like eight months. Yeah. It's great. Oh, man. Oh, great. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> the difference um, in Americans. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
not going to get into this too much, but a good story coming from James Horncastle um, about inside the Juventus crisis, um, because obviously their season is not going very well in Serie A right now. And there are many, many other factors going on behind the scenes right now with them. So go check that out. Uh, James did a very good write up on that. And uh, thing, things can go very badly, very quickly for teams in Syria, it seems, especially when it comes to money. And uh, Juventus right now seems to be no exception, unfortunately. So go check that out. Again, that's from James Horncastle, and that came out uh, on Tuesday. So st still pretty, pretty new. Um, Wes, this is the part where now we pimp the athletic. What, uh, what have you been reading in this past couple weeks here on, on this wonderful news site? Well, now let me pull up the official story, but Ed, um, of course, you guys know I've got my, my finger on the pulse of college football. Um, and man, right now, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, Andy Stables here. Okay, give me two seconds here. Mm -hmm. Basically, Andy Staples kind of wrote like the um, the the story on uh, the Jaden Rashada situation. Here we go. Somehow I did not save this one. Uh, Andy Staples uh, and Stuart Mandel, two of the top college football writers. Jaden Rashada's unprecedented recruitment. How a four-star quarterback went from a thirteen point eight five million dollar deal to no NIL deal. Folks, if you've been following this, Jaden Rashada is a uh, he's a, he's a good high school quarterback. And when I say good, I mean he's outstanding compared to normal. <laughs> uh, he's a four star coming out of uh, Pittsburgh, California. Uh, top, say top seventy five guy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Had been committed to Miami back during the summer. Flipped to the Florida Gators. Hmm. And reports were NIL had a lot to do with it. So apparently he signed a $13.85 million NIL endorsement contract that was supposed to go for four years. Well, when it came time to, okay, it's time to sign and report to campus and report to school. Uh, they basically were like, oh, well, yeah, we signed you this deal, but we don't have any money. Um, it, it, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because you have to explain collectives and how it broke down. Um, but basically it all fell apart and he ended up getting out of his letter of intent to go to uh, Florida and ended up on, uh, the second national signing day signing with Arizona state with no NIL deal at all. The homeboy went from having like 14 million bucks to having no bucks. Uh, really, really good article. Um, <clears throat> those two, like I said, uh, Mandel and Staples are really good. Um, they go, they go really in depth on it. Give you the numbers, give you what he was supposed to have gotten. And it's just, it, it is staggering. The, uh, the, the deal that this guy had just staggering. Um, do, 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 do. What we got? Uh, you you mentioned the uh, Horncastle article inside the Juventus crisis. Uh, I, I want to know what this Paratici Black book is all about. <laughs> and then Chiellini's WhatsApps. That sounds really fun. 
It's, it's oh, they got to check that one on. <laughs> um, interesting little story here. Uh, I've got it saved. An NBA security guard went viral. How he got to that moment is even more remarkable. Um, something that happened apparently last year in the Western Conference quarterfinals. Um, it was some animal rights activist group, and this chick got like uh, just like plowed by this NBA security guard. Which uh, I love, uh, but but there's a there's an interesting article here, um, written by John Krasinski. I don't think it's that John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a uh, yeah, I don't think it's Jim Halpert. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, it's the athletic folks. What more can you do? And, and to top it off, Ed, if you want to just get sad, because that's what we do. Even though I shouldn't about this, Red Sox top 20 prospects of 2023 keep all ranking the Red Sox minor league farm system. Oh, no. Look, we've got Marcelo Mayer. I am putting all of my hopes on the future of Marcelo Mayer, uh, Sedane Raffaella, and I guess Tristan Cassis. I guess we're still doing Tristan Cassis here as a prospect. Um, God, he's still got Brian Mata as a prospect. Nick York's down there. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I do need to read this because maybe this is like the one thing that can help me as a Red Sox fan to get through what I just believe is about to be a miserable freaking season. Yeah. Look to the future. With a $225 million payroll and like one difference-making player. Yeah. Go Sox. Go Sox. Oh, man. Um, I have a couple stories here. Uh, one, this is from Katie Wyatt from a couple days ago. Uh, Lita Urbina, the striker who played for six months while pregnant without realizing. Uh, I just love this first line from the piece. Uh, by the time Lita Urbina realized she was six months pregnant, she had finished as the top scorer in the Venezuelan women's top, top flight, been named in the team of the season, and reached the second leg of the league semifinal and the final of a futsal tournament she competed in during her spare time. Wow, that is nuts. Just nuts. If you want more of this fascinating, just bonkers story, uh, go check this out. Again, this is by Katie Wyatt over on The Athletic. And then, oh, oh goodness. Um, this one actually is not from The Athletic, but it features someone from The Athletic, so I'm counting it. Um, this was initially, I saw this on awfulannouncing.com. Uh, Evan Drellich says he told MLB of Astro sign stealing in 2018 received tepid response. Uh, Evan Drellich, of course, one of the great writers for baseball over at the athletic. Um, he talked a lot. He did a lot of the, the reporting on the negotiations when the lockout was going on this past year. Um, and he has a new book coming out called Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created uh, Sports' Biggest Mess uh, about the Houston Astros. And man, if you just want a uh, a big one, and of course, The Athletic actually does have an excerpt directly from the book. Um, if you want to see how bad Major League Baseball fucked this up, go check this out. Um, because they basically were like, yeah, you know... We talked to them and they didn't say anything to us, so probably not doing anything bad, right? Right, Evan? He's like, no, I, I 
they've they've told me and they're like really are you sure are you are you sure evan i don't know they didn't tell us that it's, it's like so just more ineptitude by major league baseball officials so please please and not me that. over with a feather ineptitude for major league baseball I know, truly. The um, next thing you're going to tell me is that the NCAA is corrupt and can't enforce right. their own rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Silly, that would never happen. Um, Drellich, of course, also was along with cousin Ken Rosenthal, uh, the ones to break the story initially on The Athletic about the uh, Astros cheating scandal. So definitely, definitely knows what he's talking about here. So go check that out. And again, The Athletic does have an excerpt from the book. Um, that article is titled How the Athletic Broke the Houston Astros Cheating Scandal. So go check that out and check out the book if that story interests you when it does come out. Um, all right, Wes, let's hit the watch for what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Um, and since the last time we potted, uh, we have started two, well, new shows for the wife, old shows for me. I get to do some rewatches. Um, Anisha's new gym show is Chicago Fire, which I think we talked about maybe like four or five years ago on the show. <laughs> the Chicago Cinematic Universe. Oh my goodness, she's all in it. She started on the Chicago PD, and now she's moved over to Fire, and I think she's she is enjoying the Fire. She's oh my god, they're so dramatic. I'm like, well, yeah, that's like that's medical and rescue. Of course, they're dramatic. Like they're ridiculously dramatic. Uh, but enjoying that. And Ed, we also started uh, Better Call Saul. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Which, of course, one of my absolute favorites. But Ed, I've never watched the last season. Right. I remember that. Which, which uh, from what I understand, the last season is, they say it's just as good as the last season of Breaking Bad. Mm. So um, I'm excited for that. But we're going to work our way through it. She's never seen it. So uh, we are going to work our way through it. I'll get a nice little refresher. And then eventually I will get to finally watch the last season. Nice. And I'll be so excited. Um, let me think here. Um, let's see. What, what have you watched it? Um, okay. Uh, so we have not finished yet. We're about halfway through. Um, the, the, uh, the one name producer, Jackie and I have actually started watching, uh, She-Hulk on on disney plus it's not as bad as i thought it would be and was kind of led to believe it would be by by the internets as it were um but it's also not like the top 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 marvel stuff either like it's definitely it's not loki it's not it's not up there um but like outside of like a little bit of cringe here and there, it's it's genuinely not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, at least so far, through the first five episodes or so, I thought it was going to be a lot worse um, based, based on some of the reactions I saw. So it's definitely not as bad as I thought it would be. It's just also not like amazing either. So we're going to finish that up uh, in a little bit and I'll be able to give a little more thoughts on it. But yeah, I mean, I think um, Tatiana Malzani is great. Like she's definitely the best part of the show. She is a phenomenal actress and does a great job here as Jessica Walters. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fine. Um, I, I, I just don't know going forward that she needs her own show. I would not be 
upset about seeing her in other uh, shows going or movies even going forward. I think she's great. Again, a great actress. Don't don't know that she's going to need another show going forward, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but that is going to do it for this edition of the A Foreign Affair podcast. Episode 450 is in the books. Uh, we have finished up here. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking the first stretch of Champions League matches in the round of 16 that take place next week. Uh, we'll have another weekend of Premier League action to discuss as well and any other news and notes craziness that happens between now and then. Uh, as always, the podcast is presented by uh, Anchor, which is powered by Spotify. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on the social media as a collective on Twitter. We are, excuse me, at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, so again, that that is going to do it for this edition. We'll be back next week. But before we say goodnight, Wes, anything else you want to add? Ed, yeah. use all of your expert analysis in one second. Give me the answer that immediately comes to your head. Chiefs or Eagles? Chiefs. I'll go with that, too, because you know why? <laughs> Fuck me, Eagles. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, just... It's 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 Philadelphia. Fuck Philadelphia. I can't deal with that bullshit. I can't deal with them being them. I'm gonna be completely honest. That is basically the thought that went through my head in that one second. I was like, oh, I can't pick the Eagles. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't even know anything really about these two teams besides like that Patrick Mahomes guy's probably pretty good or whatever. Like, no, yeah. fuck the Eagles. Fuck them. Yeah. It sucks because the Eagles are like really good. <laughs> <laughs> they built like a really good team, but at the end of the day, fuck them. Yeah, no, fuck them. Fuck them. It's, it's the best way. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much anything. Whatever, to fuck Philadelphia. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck them. <sighs> uh, yeah, that's about what I got. Oh, college baseball starts true, this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Uh, one weekend or two. Yeah. Yes, God, I'm excited about that shit, man. It's it, it's time. East Carolina's uh, preseason ranked. Um, they are the near unanimous. The only reason they're not the unanimous choice to win the AAC in the preseason is because Cliff Godwin couldn't vote for his own team. <laughs> so like, so he picked uh, Houston, I think, or no, he picked South Florida, I think. But yeah, he couldn't vote for East Carolina. So I will, I will, I guess we'll say they are the unanimous pick. East Carolina opens their season. They're starting next next Friday. Uh, George Washington coming to the jungle. And you know what happens when you come to the jungle, Ed? You're going to die. Damn right. Uh, uh, ECU got announced today. They're going to have two of their uh, games this spring on, uh, on uh, big TV. Going to play on ESPNU back-to-back uh, nice. nights. Bat to bat nights against NC State. Um, I think it's one of those where they're doing one of those games. I think it said like one or no. Okay, so it's not the bat to bat nights, um, but it's going to be April fourth and then April twenty fifth. Um, one of them, one of them in Greenville, one of them at at, at NC State, and they're going to be on ESPNU. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, and of course, nearly all the rest of their games are on ESPN Plus. So. Mm. Well, you, you know, you know. 
Uh, and a quick look at uh, Baseball Britain Appalachian. Uh, they kick off their season with uh, three games in Hickory, North Carolina. They're taking on Queens. I guess that's Queens College out of um, Charlotte? Um, I guess. I'm going with. Yes, uh, the Queens Royals. They've got a they're they're really going deep into that. Anyway, that's who uh that's who App opens their season with. Um so be keeping an eye on baseball Britain the and the and the Mountaineers this year and of course the Pirates. And uh of course folks we'll be keeping our uh, uh north to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia and Egg Green's uh Cavaliers. Of course. They they get started uh next Friday. Uh, they'll be heading down to uh, Wilmington, actually. Well, they'll play a, a three-game set against uh, Navy, UNC Dub, and uh, Ohio. So. Oh, interesting, interesting. Big so a little, tr- little. Oh, Petrovich's Bobcats, Greens Cavaliers. Oh, it's, mm. It is the showdown we've been waiting our whole lives for. It's like Wolf Spurs, but not really. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on this edition of the Affordable Fair Podcast. And until next time, please stay safe and enjoy the football. And enjoy another week in the relegation zone, Everton, because I'm going to tell you, we ain't letting your asses back out. There you go. There you go. Merseyside is red. We'll see how I feel about that next Wednesday, but anyway. <laughs> I'm going to shut up, bitch. <laughs>